Hello and thanks for coming back for episode 2 of Barmy Article 15 Minutes of Fanzine. There's no need for intros this time so we'll get straight into it. Now this first part has been recorded prior to the Arsenal match which we'll cover later in the show so for now what a semi-final. We beat Brighton 3-2 to book a place at Wembley in the FA Cup final and made harder work of it than was necessary but what a great occasion. The intensity of the match the excitement of of going behind and then ahead and and then being pegged back and and getting the late winner just makes a, an occasion of it makes it exciting it's uh it, it's moments that you live for as a football fan as uh, as much as would have all been delighted with a another four nil win and, and a comfortable ride uh there's, there's a narrative that we weren't good enough and that villa or chelsea which we now know that'll be chelsea would be relishing a final against us. Uh, there's lots of credit being given to Brighton and Melissa Phillips, and justifiably so. They came across as far more than the relegation fight that they're involved in. And with the games in hand, I'd expect them to survive if they keep playing like that. But anybody that watches United knows that the first half performance isn't United at our best. And the fact that we scored three good goals against a side deemed to have played so well and be so organised is a huge plus for us. Breaking down defensive teams is something we've struggled with in the past. We were also very rarely threatened. Both goals were pretty horrendous mistakes and not a result of getting found out as a team. Those individual mistakes are something that have cost us in the past and could cost us again in the future. It's something that we really need to stamp out of, of the performances if we're going to go on and, and win trophies and, and Chelsea wouldn't be letting us get away with giving away mistakes like that as, as they've punished us for in the past. Uh, if we can stamp that out, then performance-wise, what we're capable of, we've got a real chance of our first silverware since that championship trophy back in 2019. Personally, I'd like to single out Rachel Williams for uh, for discussion. What a signing she's been. She's doing absolutely everything she was signed to do. She's not a starter. She wasn't signed to be a starter. If she was the only signing of your summer, you'd You'd question your ambition, but as part of a a recruitment process and as part of a, a squad building exercise, what a signing. Uh, across 12 substitute appearances in the league, she's played 172 minutes and scored four goals. Now that's a goal every 43 minutes. She scored one goal in three League Cup starts. She scored at Old Trafford. And now we've got the late winner in the Cup semi to secure a final at Wembley. It, it doesn't seem to matter what situation she's in. She just does her thing. She's got nerves of steel, no fear. You get the impression she could be having a kick around in the car park with fans before a match or in an FA Cup final and should approach it in the same calm way. It would be great to see her lift another FA Cup. Of course, we prioritise United and we want United to win the trophy, but as a, as a sub-story to it, to see her lift the FA Cup, 11 years on uh, from winning it with Birmingham in 2012 in the final they beat none other than Chelsea and she scored an injury time equaliser to force extra time now it went beyond extra time into penalties and, and she missed a penalty in that shootout but Birmingham went on and won the won the cup 3-2 on penalties so it would be great to see her repeat the goal scoring antics and if we get to a penalty shootout hopefully she can redeem herself from that and uh, 
and take United on to some more success. Now, there's lots being said about the ticketing debacle for the cup final. I agree with a lot of what's being said, but I also think that some people are missing the logic of the FA. Granted, the FA and logic don't tend to go hand in hand, but as a legacy football fans, we have certain beliefs about football and the way support works. However, I think we have to accept that in women's football, historically, many fans do watch more than one team and enjoy games as a neutral. Not that I understand it myself, but it is a thing. Even the focus on the national team, which, again, as a United fan, historically, has been of little interest to me. But it's more understandable since the domestic game in, in women's football as a professional sport is still relatively young and England events would be, you know, peak parts of the of the calendar. Uh, considering that, I understand the approach by the FA, but I think they have massively misjudged the numbers that, that want to support a specific team. I'm all for catering for both versions of the Warsaw fan base, but the balance seems to be way off. In a 90,000-seat stadium, surely you can get more than 8,000 tickets apiece for the finalists. Hopefully the ticket sales going through the clubs will prove that to be the case and set a precedent for future finals. Uh, and now I'd like to introduce Sarah for her first appearance on the podcast, who's going to give her say on the ticketing as well. It's amazing to be in a first ever cup final and hopefully it's the first of many. It really shows how far this team has come in a relatively short space of time. I must admit I'm nervous about the prospect of facing Chelsea as we're yet to beat them. Um, like a lot of United fans, most I would say, I would obviously have preferred to play Villa. That's no disrespect to Villa as there are no guarantees of beating anybody, as we all know. But we are where we are and hopefully the players can pull off the performance of their lives and bring the FA Cup home. I'm hoping to be there myself. But I have to say the issues around ticketing have annoyed me a little bit. The capacity of Wembley is 90,000 and yet only 16,000 tickets have been allocated to United and Chelsea supporters. That's 8,000 each. The rest went on sale in January, I think, to neutrals and have sold out. I just think that's madness and it's potentially going to be really damaging to the atmosphere. Like, unless you were feeling really confident and predicted that your team was going to get to the final, as I actually saw with a couple of Chelsea fans on social media, how would you know? As a United fan, I wouldn't have been that confident. And again, that's no disrespect to our girls. I'm just being realistic, given we've never been to a cup final before. And I'm not really sure, to be honest, why anybody who didn't support either of those clubs would want to go anyway. It may be a cup final at Wembley and a massive occasion, but I wouldn't want to go and watch Chelsea and Arsenal, for example. There's been a lot of talk lately about Lionesses FC, and I think this just proves that those are the kind of crowds the FA is trying to attract now to cup finals. The fans of the clubs involved are not a priority, at least that's how I feel. I've also been a bit baffled by the fact that men's season ticket holders were prioritised ahead of official members. I mean, obviously, women's season ticket holders were also prioritised, and I think that's absolutely the right thing to do. But I just think it's weird that men's season ticket holders were. Um, there are obviously fans who have season tickets for both the men's and the women's teams. And you know, 
or who go to watch both of them, which is great. But I think that's still a minority of men's season ticket holders. A lot of them don't care about our women's team, which is their prerogative, but it is a shame. And I just don't see the logic in giving them the option of buying a ticket first. Anyway, this has all been very negative for me and I want to finish by reiterating how happy I am that we're in a final. And I know we'll all be very proud of the girls no matter what the outcome is, but hopefully it's a win. When they're playing in your town, get yourself to that football ground. Take a lesson, you will see. Football top by Matt Busby or Manchester. And so to Arsenal, not a classic, but a crucial win for the Reds last Wednesday against the Gunners. Yet, arguably a good time to play Arsenal, I don't deny that. They were depleted due to injuries and had Katie McCabe suspended. And I've always felt that Arsenal, in this type of game, McCabe would be probably the first player on the team sheet. Fantastic player. And uh, missing her leaves them lacking in games like this. And so it proved, I think. Uh, whether it would have been different without her, we'll never know. But anyway, last season the boot had been on the other foot. United had to go into the game at Arsenal and against the other top three teams without both first-choice central defenders. And I would argue that probably made a big difference then in terms of whether we were going to contend at the end of the season. This year, it was one of those defenders who produced a huge performance. I mean, all the other defenders did as well. But Ethan Mannion was immense, blocking, tackling, intercepting tidying up in the area doing pretty much everything and many were surprised to see a start the Turner Leticia partnership's been an established one this season and Mark Skinner's decision to break it up turned out to be an inspired move tough on Millie I agree but maybe that mistake against Brighton was significant and I don't know perhaps this was Mark's Jim Layton moment or I'm overstating things a little bit younger Supporters may need to Google that one, of course. Uh, Arsenal were unhappy to be playing the fixture a few days before the Champions League semi-final, but it wasn't ideal timing for United either, coming just days after that hard-foot FA Cup semi. Jonas Eideval chose to question why Arsenal had to play the game, while Chelsea did not in that part of the week. I wondered if that betrayed a feeling that the battle for honours was between Arsenal and Chelsea and that Eideval was dismissing United as merely an obstacle in the way. Uh, this is all speculation, but even if he didn't intend it, I think when you say such things, there's a danger of sending a message to your players uh, about your true feelings. Mark Skinner, he gave the impression of relishing the challenge, two, two big games just days apart, made it clear he believed his team were up for the challenge, and they certainly started that way. The second half would be a grim, determined defensive effort, but United by then, with a team on the front foot in the first half, had that goal and always looked the more composed outfit, frankly always looked more up for the game in my view and I think to have dropped any points on Wednesday night would have been a massive blow because uh, clearly we were fully focused on that. It leaves us in a strong position ahead of another tough fixture at Villa next weekend. Reds win the final four games and Chelsea drop any points at all. Reds are going to be champions. But even if that proves beyond us, the race for European places is now very much in our own hands. And uh, that was the objective at the start of the season, wasn't it? Let's see what happens. Enjoy the ride. I was quite confident going into the game on Wednesday. I have, after watching them beat Brighton in the semi-final of the FA Cup, 
the way that we did that as well, the way we, you know, we, we made errors and we came back and we, you know, we rectified those. I think winning in that way, I think it, it must have just given them so much confidence and momentum um, going into that game against Arsenal. And obviously it was a massive, massive moment in the season. Um, of course, beating them at, at the Emirates, we, we'd proven that we could do it. Um, so it, it was something that I think they must have had a lot of belief going into it. And, and I, I had a lot of belief in them too, but I was very nervous as well. And the way that they did it, you know, it was uh, it, it was quite an evenly matched game between the two sides. But that's, you know, we, we sort of expected that because, you know, that's why it's so congested at the top, why there's four teams battling out for the WSL title. So we sort of expected that. Um, and of course, you know, it just it just needed that that one moment of quality in the game. And, um, you know, right at the end of the second half. Um, Paris and, and Russo combining uh, to, to make that breakthrough and then just the way that they dug in in the second half and saw it out um, you know it was brilliant to see Aoife Mannion back on the pitch uh, back starting as well um, after her um, ACL injury I think uh, that I was so pleased to see her on the line but going one step further than that and just the way she played uh, the way she defended in that second half I mean she was she was the player of the match um, and uh, it, it was so great to see and, and it, it takes players like that to uh, to see those kind of games out and we and we did it and um, now I think you know there's a lot of pundits talking about can we do the domestic double it's still in Chelsea's hands obviously with their two games in hand um, and only four points behind us. But, you know, I think the girls must start to believe it now that we we are, you know, one of, if not the top team in in, uh, in England right now. So, uh, yeah, I think I think we could do it. Um, I'm, I'm quietly confident. So, you know, fingers crossed they can carry on this momentum and keep on uh, winning the rest of our games. And that's it for episode two. If you'd like to get in touch and uh, give us some of your own words about about the team, about the games, then feel free. You can get in touch and you can drop a voice note to me and I can slot it in quite easily, which is what Mike Lyle did. So I will leave you with a few words from Mike. Hi, Andy. Just thought I'd drop a message the morning after the night before. I started following the Man United women's team a few years ago as a big Man United fan, looking for a less emotionally intense way of watching a team representing the club I love. However, over the years, this relationship has become more intense and I am now fully invested in the team, going through the emotional roller coaster of all the highs and lows. Thankfully, more highs. I had a realisation at the Arsenal match when standing with the Barmy Army, singing our hearts out. What a privilege it has been to be part of this journey with this fabulous fan base. What a night. Bring on United, bring on Europe and bring on Wembley. <laughs>